0: Reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. Chapter 1, verses 9 to 15. It happened in those days that Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized. In the Jordan by John. On coming up out of water, he saw the heavens being torn open, and the Spirit, like a dove, descending upon him. And a voice came from the heavens You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. At once, the spirit drove him out into the desert, and he remained in the desert for 40 days, tempted by Satan. He was among wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. After John had been arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming, the Gospel of the Lord. This is the time of fulfillment. The Kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the Gospel. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Please be seated. land is the holy liturgical season of repentance the church is inviting all of us to turn to the Lord turn away from the ways of sin and accept the kingdom of God a great promise is given to us when we turn away from the ways of sin God would usher in the kingdom of God and what is the kingdom of God what saint paul tells us the kingdom of God Is the righteousness peace and joy of the Holy Spirit a ways of sin are the cause of all the destruction and distress in our life and in our families and the church is telling us when we turn away from sin there will be the fullness of grace and the fullness of peace and joy in our hearts. And therefore, repentance is offered to us as the way of the fullness of life. This holy season of Lent begins with the sacred service of the ashes. The ashes are blessed in our churches and placed on our foreheads. What is the meaning of this sacred service of the ashes? When we read the Bible, we would understand. The ashes were considered the symbol of repentance, of understanding who we are and turning to God. From time immemorial, man knew who he was. Abraham tells God, Genesis chapter 18, chapter 18. Verse 27, O God, I know who I am. I am only dust and ashes. Before you, O God, I am only dust and ashes. There's nothing permanent in me. I'm just a passing reality. And man knew If he lives only for this world man will pass away forever but if man lived for God man would live forever that sort of a realization urged man to live for God and that's how ashes became a symbol of repentance Let me share with you two experiences of mine. One experience a friend of mine shared with me a few years ago. This friend told me what he said was a very striking experience of his. He went for a cremation of the father of his companion. This father of his companion was a well known political leader. This political leader was a powerful man in that part of the city. And he became very powerful, politically influential. And he almost reigned as a king in that area powerful influential he would get anything done for those who supported him known to be a very corrupt man if anyone opposed him he would do away with him that sort of a powerful man and He made a lot of money, bought off property and built mansions. And even during his lifetime, his sons began to fight over the riches he made. Then he became sick and even on his sick bed, his children began to fight and he died a very sad broken angry distressed man of course when he died it was a solemn burial cremation and after the cremation they awaited and the person in charge of the crematorium brought a little urn with the ashes. And even when the ashes were brought, there was a fight. Who should take that urn of the ashes? My friend told me, I was wondering, after all the big, solemn procession. The big name and fame and riches that saw what remained a handful of ashes. That's what the fame and name and riches ended up a handful of ashes. A man who established the kingdom ending up in distress. Ending up in anger and bitterness in a handful of ashes. Let me share with you another experience. This last week, I was in Australia for a retreat tour. You know, recently in Australia, um, there was a very, uh, very bad Bushfires. A lot of areas of Australia uh, were burned. More than a billion animals were burned to death. A lot of parts of the forest were burned away. And many houses were burned. It was a big distress in that country. And a bishop, whom I knew, he took me to visit a few families that were affected by the bushfires. And he took me to a, a family that was affected by the fires. And this house this family sharing with me their experience an elderly man and his wife looked about 60 65 years old this man told me father we were warned he said about the fires in the neighborhood But we were here for years in this neighborhood we never thought we we had a danger though there was a warning and the fires were in the uh, in the hills nearby and suddenly there was a wind and the wind turned the direction of our side, and the wind became very strong. It was like the flames came flying into our direction, and the houses nearby began to burn. And I knew the fire was coming our way. The two of us, I held onto the hand of my wife we could not take anything from our house immediately there was from the loudspeaker a warning run away all that i took i could take was the crucifix i used to pray with in the evenings i took it I, I held on to my wife and ran away from the house. I stood at a distance and saw a house blazing—a house we lived in for the last twenty years. In a few minutes' time, everything became ashes. And a few hours by evening, when it became dark, the two of us came back. And we saw a few structures all in ashes. He could not do anything about it. And he held on to his wife. And to the crucifix, and he said, Father, all my life, all that I earned, have become ashes. And he held on to his wife and said, But, Father, I have my God, I have my wife. And the drops of tears rolled down his face and fell in those ashes. And then there was a smile on his face, and he said, Father, ultimately I realize all I have is only my God and my wife. That's all what matters, isn't it, Father? That's all what matters. Everything will pass away. And that smile remained for a long time, even when tears were rolling down his eyes and falling into the ashes you know my dear brothers and sisters I was praying over those ashes and those tears and that smile a smile of faith everything is burnt up everything is destroyed but in the midst of in the midst of destruction there's a hope. There's a faith. I have my God. I have my wife. That's all what matters. Relationship. Relationship to God, a relationship to my wife. Love, love is never destroyed. Love remains forever. Shall we say, Praise the Lord for that. My dear sisters and brothers, you know, when we speak of ashes, we should never misunderstand the sacred ceremony, sacred service of ashes. Ashes should not mean that life is meaningless or futile. No, no. Life in the world is very meaningful. Life in the world is beautiful. But what makes life in the world futile and meaningless is when we live our life only for this world, to enjoy the pleasures and luxuries of this world but I want to build a life but I want to build a city on this earth forgetting God ah, then life in the world becomes sinful Life in the world becomes meaningless. There will be distress. There will be bitterness. There will be anger. There will never be a smile on our lips. But when I live for God, well, there will always be a smile because God is the meaning of our life. God gives meaning for everything. And that's what ashes would remind us. We would know there were moments in our life, moments of sin when we forgot God. When we rejected God going after the pleasures of sin. And that's what ashes would remind us. Ashes should remind us of every moment in our past when we rejected God, going after sinful pleasures and sinful gains. That's what Jesus is telling us so clearly. I am the vine. You are the branches. You remain in me. I will remain in you. When we remain in Jesus, when I find my identity in Jesus, John chapter 15 verses 1 onwards, when I remain in Jesus, when I find my identity with Jesus, when I obey the will of my Jesus, then I will bear fruit. What's the fruit that Jesus speaks about? The fruit that Jesus speaks about. The fruits of the Holy Spirit. Love, peace, joy, patience, kindness, goodness. Everything that makes life beautiful. All that is beautiful in life. Will be born in us. When I remain in Jesus. Remaining in Jesus is the beauty of living. But then. If I do not remain in Jesus, if I do not find my identity with Jesus, what happens? Jesus said, I will be cut off. I will be cut off. I will get dried up. John chapter 15, verse 6. I will be cut off. I will get dried up. The dryness of our life. The dryness of our life is sin. If any time in our past we felt dried up, I find my life meaningless. I find my relationships getting dried up, getting strained. I find no joy in my heart. I'm not able to pray. I find my relationship with my God empty. That means I'm running after the pleasures of this world. And that's exactly what the church is reminding us. I need, I need to repent. I need to make a very honest soul searching and come back to the Lord. Come back to the Lord and tell him, Lord, here I am. I have sinned. I have sinned. The gospel we read today. It's very meaningful, Jesus coming from Nazareth to begin his public ministry and he stood in a line to be baptized. What did that mean? In fact, John the Baptist said to Jesus, I should not be baptizing you. It is you who should be baptizing me. But Jesus said let it happen now why did Jesus stand in a line to be baptized by John Jesus was not sinful the baptism of John was the baptism of repentance Jesus stood in a line with the sinful people to identify himself with the sinful humanity taking upon himself all the sin Of the humankind. Jesus stood in a line to be baptized by John. That's when heaven was opened. The Holy Spirit descended and the Heavenly Father's voice, you're my beloved son. The Heavenly Father was so pleased, was so pleased at that moment with his son. The Son of God taking up his mission. His mission of the Savior his decision to save the world that's what Jesus came for to save the world and the Heavenly Father so pleased with that moment Jesus took up his mission and the Holy Spirit descended upon him anointing him for his mission and then Jesus was taken to the wilderness by the Spirit he was tempted as all of us are tempted he allowed himself to be tempted and jesus won decisive definitive victory over satan get behind me satan jesus said get behind me satan a victory jesus won for every one of us he won victory over satan and then Jesus came out. Jesus came out to proclaim the good news. And what was the good news? Repent. Repent. Turn away from the ways of sin. Turn away. As Jesus once and for all turned away from Satan, Jesus is asking us, I'm with you. I'm with you. Turn away. From the ways of sin. I'm with you. And we we join Jesus today. In this season of Lent, we join Jesus. We obey the command of the Lord. We turn away from the ways of sin. And turn to Jesus. Accept him as the Lord and Savior. And we begin the season of Lent with great rejoicing. It is not a season of sadness. No, no, no. It's a season of great hope. We, we are declaring a battle against Satan. But with a great hope, we will win. Satan is a defeated enemy, he's defeated by Jesus. Jesus won a definite victory, and we will. But Jesus, we will win a definite victory over Satan, whatever. Whatever ways we were defeated by Satan in the past, we will not be frightened, we will not be desperate, we will take up that battle over Satan in the season of Lent whatever sinful habits, whatever sinful ways we, we are living, we will declare a fast, a battle against the ways of sin and we will win this battle against Satan with that message of hope. Let us begin the season of Lent and Jesus is with us and the Holy Spirit is there for us. Let us enter into the season of Lent and let us be sure of this victory that the Lord.